everyone and welcome to Kulke, a podcast for all generations. Kulke is a Punjabi word which means openly or to be open. And here at Kulke, we encourage our listeners to listen Kulke, speak Kulke and think Kulke. Try saying that quickly three times. <laughs> I'm Nimrit. I'm Simran. And this is season three, episode two. We woke up, it feels like, two weeks ago and our whole world had changed seemingly overnight. The whole world, it seems like, is in a lockdown. Things are so different now that it's hard to fathom that they are the way they are. And so we thought we'd speak about a way to activate hope inside of uh, each other because it can be a quite hopeless and chaotic time. So the podcast is based on a book called Active Hope by Joanna Macy and Chris Johnston. And Joanna Macy talks about how when you think about hope, it can be something that makes you feel helpless because so many times it seems that there's something just too big. So I, I feel helpless. An example is the pandemic that we're in right now. This is global people. Mm-hmm. And who's little me, a cog in a big machine? What can I do about that? So it can feel very helpless. And I'm looking outside for hope for people to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. And what she said was that if we can reconnect with ourselves, others and the world, that we can find the way to find the courage to activate the hope inside of us. So each one of us comes up with an action plan or a way of being that actually in the longer term of things will change the external world. So I want to start this by talking about the three stories she writes about. She says that at any point in time, there are three stories in our time. And I'm going to uh, talk about these stories and then I'm going to ask you two guys where you think you are. So the first story is business as usual. That was us two weeks ago. We were still out and about shopping, doing whatever, watching things happening over in China or Italy. Mm-hmm. So something is normal. It doesn't affect us. The second story is the great unraveling. And that's what happened when we got put into um, our homes, self-isolation. You're experiencing it right now. And the second story of the great unraveling, it can be so chaotic. Think about how you've been feeling, the fear, the hopelessness, the worry, the anxiety, the blame, right? Just going on and on, the resentment. And then if we stay in that story, though, that's where you feel helpless, But there is a third story called the great turning. And in the great turning, think of this as a great adventure. There, you know, think of the hero's journey. Any film that you see, there is a hero and something absolutely impactful happens. And then that hero finds that courage inside of them. They're transformed by what has happened and they tap into their courage and creativity to write a new story for their lives. And they're transformed by it. So those are the three stories. So I want to start by asking you guys, you know, story one, two, or three, which one do you think you're in right now? I think I'm still unraveled. What does it look like, your agreed unraveling? Every one of us is different, you see. Yeah, I think I was a bit, well, I mean, the uncertainty and unknown is always, like, very anxiety-inducing. So I think the beginning of this, that, or the beginning of when it was actually affecting us, like, in our lives, that was the big thing. And then it was a bit, like, problem-solving in the beginning. Okay, what is our new, like, routine going to look like? Like, what are we going to, like, trying to keep calm kind of thing? And then um, now I think 
I still feel a little bit unraveled, but in less of a fight or flight kind of mode, if that makes sense, or less less reactionary, more just like curious what's going to happen, kind of waiting to see how things are going, like what are my next steps going to look like, and trying to put some little plans into place for like a short-term future. Like, But at the same time, I think all the slowing down and the like the halt of the world basically to this like place is making me think less about I mean to some extent I still worry about future like longer term stuff but it's less of like a weight because I'm more focused on the short term which is what I needed in my life personally was to stop letting the anxiety of like long-term things that don't even make sense or aren't happening right now and are not even plans. Like, I needed to let that go and the worry of that let go. Hmm. How about you, Harpo? Yeah, I think I'm in the great turning point. Um, and I don't think that I have been in the great unraveling for too long. Like, I feel like I was in it for a very brief period of time. Um, and I, I say that I'm in the great turning because for me, I, I haven't been too vocal about this, but I do feel like there's a, a larger purpose behind this. I think that it's been said for a long time, like a lot of prophecies have been made, that we were going to have a great unraveling uh, this year. And I think that this is just a, a way of us stopping and resetting. So for me, I, I feel like I can see the silver lining in this whole situation and not to, I feel like the reason that I don't necessarily say it out loud is because I completely understand the great unraveling phase and how it can be unsettling and anxiety inducing. Like my brief time that I spent in that phase and that, in that story, um, it was real. Right. Um, but I feel like I'm in the great turning period. That's the story that I'm, and I think I'm, I'm choosing to be in that story when I wake up every day because I can be in the great unraveling. I, I can sense it. I can feel it in my body. If I succumbed to it, I could be in that story. But every day I'm actively choosing to be in the great turning and not seeing this as a be all end all situation. And it's a very conscious effort that I make every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my uh, situation is a bit different. Different. I had a huge uh, unraveling. Yeah. It's been happening for two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks now, because I am, uh, you know, small business owner, mm-hmm. and my travel got stopped. That's it. I don't know when I'm going to travel again. And most of my all my workshops are in person. All cancelled. So it was a hit to my income. Mm-hmm. It was a worry for my dad, who's 86, who's living with us. How do we keep him safe? It was yeah. the usual, oh, do I have enough groceries or toilet paper? <laughs> and that's actually, you know, the toilet paper thing that was happening. It was people were unraveling. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they were trying to get control. And the only way they could think about control, it happened to be toilet paper. Yeah. They weren't really thinking. Um, but I'm different from you too, because I'm actually going through the cycles of these stories. It seems like sometimes every single day. Yeah. I think there's phases where it goes up and down. Like one day I could feel pretty good about like, okay, what I'm doing. And then some days I could just be really like worried. 
Yeah. And so for me, it's like anytime I hear a story, it can go, go take me right back to the yeah. chaos. Yeah. And and what you said, Harper, is so key that I have to remind myself about the great turning and the fact that there is a bigger reason for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's move on to, you know, if you are going through these three stories, let's talk about the four steps that Joanna Macy wrote about. And these are four really simple steps. She calls them steps in her spiral called active hope. And they activate in us to get us back to the great turning or the bigger reason behind this. Mm-hmm. So... The first step is gratitude. And she says, you know, think of a, a root, a plant growing. Um, gratitude is important because the pain of what's happening or the chaos can mm-hmm. be overwhelming. So it's actually yeah. hard to go to the place. So what I'm seeing from you, Harpo, is you're kind of trying to repress it. I don't want to go into the great unraveling because it can be such a hard place to go, right? And there is a way that if we do not communicate this pain or feel or experience it, we're just repressing it. You know, what you don't want is to go from business as usual to the great unraveling to the business as usual. You do want to go to a great turning, which is a whole new paradigm, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to go back to a world after coronavirus. That's the same. That's unsustainable, that people are still doing the idiotic things we were doing, making the choices we were making for the planet. I want to go back to a better world, mm-hmm. right? And the only way to do that is to allow the unraveling and structures we've built up that are not sustainable and put new things in place. Mm-hmm. So we start with gratitude, the root of it. It gives us psychological safety. It gives us some kind of calmness. And the way to do this is just think about what are you grateful for? So I'm grateful for this in myself, in others, or in the world. Mm, I'm grateful for my family and my friends. And that, and I'm grateful for like our relative stability that we're able to have I, rec- I you know it's not the case for everybody and I feel really really grateful for that um that we're like safe and we're okay and that we have the ability to stay home and like do what we need to do yeah I think I'm grateful for my um solitude now I'm grateful for my time alone that I finally get um as a result of everything that's going on um, I'm grateful for the fact that I get to be home more now. I wasn't necessarily being home before much. Like I would say I would spend only 20% of my time at home and 80% of my time out. Um, and I'm grateful for rest. I'm very, very grateful for it. I think I'm also grateful that I still have a little bit of structure in my life. Like I'm still working Monday to Friday from home. So I work like eight hours. Um, so my my actual routine hasn't changed much, right? It's just the setting of that routine that's changed. So I'm still grateful for those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, structure is huge. Mm-hmm. Structure is so like comforting, I think, to have. I'm I'm grateful. Um, I'm grateful for. I can see a squirrel just <laughs> coming into our backyard. Oh, it's so cute. Um, and you know, this is the thing I'm noticing. Like I'm hearing bird song now, and it was always there because the birds have always been there, but. I never heard it before. There was so much traffic. And I don't know about you guys, but I hear it all the time now. And because I've slowed down, like I'm sitting right now, even as we're recording, and we're watching a squirrel jumping up over the fence. He's just found a little leaf or something to eat. So so I am grateful for that slowing down. Um, And 
what I found is that I'm reaching out to people sometimes I haven't connected with for 10 oh God, years. Yeah. I spoke to a friend that I had that I had in, in uni and I hadn't talked to her in like, I don't even know, four or five, six years maybe. Yeah. And I was like, we had the three hour conversation one night. Yeah. And we were so busy. We were so busy with our lives and slowing down. I've had like our whole family has had Zoom calls. Like yeah, and we've never done that. We've never done that. So Australia, UK, Montreal, and the States. Montana, and four households in Vancouver. But you know, we're yeah. all in our separate households, and it's yeah. amazing to connect mm-hmm. like that. So grateful for technology. Oh my god! You know, when you said gratitude is the first step, like you know, I wrote down for me, gratitude means it's it's directly attached to grounding and being present in the moment. And I think um, that's what expressing gratitude and thinking about gratitude always does for me. It grounds me and it also brings me into the present moment, um, which I think helps to not repress or block out the chaos around me. But it it forces me to like not float and then move through numb or mindlessly, but to actually move through um, consciously and intentionally. Mm-hmm. How present are you both feeling at this moment? Mm. Like a percentage? Yeah, just, <laughs> you know, how, how how much in the moment do you feel right now? I think more so than when we usually record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very present. Like, my mind is not necessarily thinking. We always talk about this in our episodes, too, and just in general, about, like, living in the past or living in the future. I think... The past is something I don't want to visit right now because it brings out feelings of like nostalgia and, you know, but then the future is so uncertain. So I feel so like empty in my mind, which is nice because mm-hmm. it doesn't always feel that way. But I feel very present more so yeah. than usual. Yeah, okay. it's like quiet. Like I don't have like a million thoughts as usual. Yeah. Okay, great. So this is a great place because guess what the next step is going to be? This was a foundation for the next step. And the next step in the spiral is honoring our pain for the world. So I'm actually going to ask you to go into that pain. And you call it nostalgia, Harpo. But speak about all the things that that are causing you pain right now. It could be the people around you, the circumstances, or the pain for the world. What are you noticing? I think I, like, I feel pain for, because I'm checked into the news every day for work, I can see the, the tiredness of, People like Dr. Bonnie Henry, um, you know, who's the top doctor in BC. I can see how exhausted she is, how tired she is, how burnt out she is. And for people who have to come on and do like, let's say, press conferences every day, I really feel for them. I feel pain for them. Um, and for people who are, let's say, living in, in places where they can't go home or they can't be with their loved ones, I feel pain for those people. Mm-hmm. I am so sad about people who are dying alone. Yeah. Like, I'm just remembering Nani when she passed away. Yeah. And we were all there with her. That's so true. And we were there with her, and we had every rustle we needed, every um, every ceremony was done, and we were able to grieve as a family. And there are people right now who cannot do that for their loved That's ones. That's so true. People who were affected oh. by it this or if it's it for other reasons they were in the hospital or they were like not well like like you're not allowed to 
You know, yeah. babies are being born and families can't go to the hospital to visit them. Or, you know, that mm-hmm. there's so many crazy things, like, that are affected. And that's so true that you have to be alone. Because mm-hmm. I feel like connection is so important to us. I think I also feel pain for people who don't have the option or the luxury or the privilege of being home. Yeah, um, There's still people who have to go to work because yeah. even though they're a non-essential service, they have to go, you know. Um and I also feel for like a lot of people who are panicked right now um, because they don't know how they're going to navigate certain structures. You know what I mean? Like, yes, the government's done a lot, but there's a lot of people that are feeling incredibly anxious about what this new normal looks like. Yeah. You know, a lot of people who don't know how to access those government services, don't know how to access those portals, who barely speak the language or are like, the first people to do these things and and also like people who just embarked on new things and now all of a sudden they're in the middle of a pandemic like somebody said to me like I'm really proud of you for what you're being able to accomplish right now in this new role because this is your first time doing this and I'm experienced and I don't even know what I'm doing and how I'm handling it but you're somebody who's just new in the game and you're handling it as well so I feel for you so I also feel for that like for example, I really feel for teachers right now who just started their careers and now yeah, have to navigate online learning with their students yeah. and feel so hopeless and isolated because their students are like not learning or their students might be in like abusive, traumatic homes, you know, just things like that. I feel like for people who who um, who actually need to be outside of the home, I feel for them too. I um so you know, you've got that kind of pain, but I'm really angry as well. I'm really angry. I'm angry at, I I just see, you know, it's just so many places where I feel we didn't do things early enough. It didn't have to get to this state. It's all over the world. Mm -hmm. I'm really angry at that. Yeah. (sighs) I know people are doing their best. I know they're doing their absolute best. And I'm just angry that we didn't have structures set up to handle a pandemic. Yeah, no, it's so They've crazy. They've been talking about it, right? Yeah, that, but like, I feel like the, I was never like, oh, I'm going to experience a pandemic in my lifetime. I was like, I'm going to probably experience a really big earthquake and we're not prepared <laughs> as a yeah, family. Yeah. But like, yeah. really did not expect that mm-hmm. at all. I think there's also a sense of comfort in the fact that it's everybody in the world. <sighs> I mean, yeah, there is that, and 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 we're still in the beginning parts of it. Like, yeah, it's just also been interesting to see that like there's so many different approaches, and we can sit here and say like right or wrong or this or that or earlier or later, but like at the end of the day, it is what it is, and it's happening. And I don't know. It's just kind of wild to think that it's not just a two week thing. It's a not. It's not a two week you know, stay at home and it's over. Like, this is going to be the way, this is going to be exactly a new normal for, like, a long time. Yeah. Anything else, guys, that's coming up for you? I feel like this is kind of weighing me down a little, though. Like, mm-hmm. you know I mean? Like, thinking about these things, like, I don't repress them, but I just, again, I consciously choose to not be there. And mm-hmm. I feel like thinking about these things, like... Yeah, usually I'm avoiding it, too. You want to experience yeah. it's not yeah. avoidance it's not avoidance for me like for me it's I know it's there and I, I see it but I feel like I 
just don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to go there, though, because it's on the other side that the, the, the next step is. So how much do you feel that you've allowed yourself to experience the pain for the world? Okay, you ready for the next step? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for the next step, you know, because we have gone through this step, it can feel like so jolting or weird to go to a next step. So there's a way that we want to kind of allow uh, metaphors or images or insights or new perspectives to creep into your thinking. So the next step is called seeing with new eyes. So now that we've gone through this pain, this great unraveling, all these things that we're sitting with, what are some insights or some perspectives? And they could be personal ones for you in your world, or it could be what you see for the world that you're now aware of. One of the things that has become clear to me going forward is the new way that I'm going to view food security. Mm-hmm. Like I, in my grown life, have never had to worry about food. You know, I've had the money, you go to a grocery store and you buy your food. And there are so many places in the world where what we're experiencing right now is a norm. And in fact, we still have so much abundance. Mm-hmm. And there was a way that because I was, um, you know, I wasn't in, in, in those situations, I could go about my life, but no more. Mm-hmm. So there is there is a way that my eyes have opened to a new way of living. And I, I think it's good for me to have experienced that. Yeah. To go through life and just not be asleep. Yeah. A, a lot of us have become so unconscious. We're asleep to what's going on in the world, you know. Yeah, we're like yeah. so asleep to our privilege and our like yeah. position and how lucky we are sometimes. Like I know we can say it, but like So what's coming for you? It might be metaphors or even in your dreams you might have been like a sense of new perspectives or ways of being or seeing the world that in our business as usual you just didn't have a like a uh you didn't have the ability to see it this way i think um, for me what comes up is like two things two main things that come up for me is that like everybody is just human and Mm -hmm. everybody is just a person so if you're looking at you know, normally we look at our world leaders to like resolve things and we we think like, oh, we're fine because there are other people in this world who are responsible for fixing things and they are doing their best right now, but it's still like it's turned into something massive. You know what I mean? Um, And so they're just people. They're not superhumans or like godly or whatever. They just are what they are. Mm -hmm. And so you, I feel like I've had to like I've, what's really happened is like they've become people have become more humanized to me and then the other thing is that like there's always a consequence for literally everything mm-hmm. even if it's something like a global pandemic like yes you know it has to do with infections and people dying and and a, a, a viral disease or whatever but um there's so many stories now that you see of like the environment like you know, they're saying that uh, the whales are swimming up further. Mm-hmm. Um, regions that didn't actually know they had mountains before are now seeing the mountains because there's less air pollution. You know, the earth is vibrating less because people are driving less cars and operating less planes and things like that. So it's like everybody for the last few years has been yelling and raging and and protesting that the earth needs us to slow down. And it's like we just we couldn't for the life of us do that do it, yeah. but then the earth itself she's so powerful 
And the universe is also so powerful that both of them were like, you know what, we're taking matters into our own hands and this is, that's it. This is your consequence. You, yeah. mm-hmm. you disobeyed me, disrespected me, and I'm just going to unleash myself now and I'm going to do what I need to do to take care of myself. So I think like the earth doing that and the universe doing that for me feels like such a larger metaphor for like me as a woman, as me as a person. It's like, mm-hmm. like, you know, like for your, your body might not necessarily, you might not want to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But there is a consequence. You will be forced to stop and slow down no matter what the case is because that's just how nature operates. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just really amazed by that. It's like Mother Earth just decided, sorry, Ruma Chijo, you know, yeah. <laughs> just sent us back <laughs> into our houses. You think about what you've been doing. Yeah, it's so, like a time yeah. out. It's a time out for us people. It's like a pause and it's mm-hmm. global. And it's crazy because, like, our last episode, we talked about taking a break. And we recorded that episode, like, a month before, four weeks before all this happened. And we were just, like, talking about taking a break. And, like, what? I mean, you guys would have heard it by now. But, like, <laughs> we were, we, when we came, when all this was happening, we were, like, okay, it's time to, you know, release season three. We were, like, what? that's so weird. That's so weird. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just thinking, how many people in the world who were so busy were saying, oh, my God, I wish I had time for a pause. That's what we were saying last episode. That's what we were saying. And now you're forced into it in a way? Yeah. 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 And you know what? Actually, in that last episode, I said I never want to be the kind of person that relies on external factors. Yes, you did. force her into taking a break. I said that. But I did. And I said I was a hypocrite in that right after that I said I was a hypocrite, too. But, yes, 100% I am. Because... I have been complaining to the two of you that I need a break for so long. Like two years. And for two years. Maybe longer. I just couldn't for the life of me take a break. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the discipline. I didn't have the self-love to do it. And the earth was like, I'm going to do it for you, bitch. Like, here you go. Pandemic. And like, obviously, I'm not that big in this world that the whole pandemic isn't orchestrated for me. But I feel like a lot of people that I've talked to have feel, feel that way that the universe is looking out for them by giving them this break. Mm-hmm. How about you, Simon? New perspectives or insights? Um, I don't know. I think I just I had this whole gratitude for like not taking things for granted anymore. I mean, I don't think I ever did that very much, but even just like very very small things, and to really stop sweating the big stuff or like the small stuff. That's the opposite saying. <laughs> Stop, su- stop sweating the small stuff because it really doesn't freaking matter and that timing is so crazy I've talked about this with you and Masi who called um, but like that you know that my nanny you know she passed away before all this happened started to happen here and at that time it was kind of like oh there's this thing going on in China like we don't know what's happening and um she had the regular flu, mm. right? And then that's what kind of Go went down till, downhill for her. And I'm just like, I can't imagine if we were trying to go and visit her, we, we wouldn't be we able wouldn't to. We wouldn't be allowed to. Like, what we would be, like, that stress and that, like, panic would have, like, really, really, really been insane. And I that I also feel for people who are in situations like that mm-hmm. because it's rough. But mm. I'm just, like, glad that she's wherever she is. Mm. and doesn't have to deal with freaking COVID-19 yeah um and what I'm seeing is you know I'm I'm the thing I'm seeing this with new eyes is I'm never going to go back to that person you know my whole life I used to think I have to eat the ends of the bread loaf 
<laughs> and then every time I wouldn't eat, you know, the last slice. You didn't eat a lot of bread. I just wouldn't eat it. I'm mean, telling really you, good. you know, the minute this thing happened, <laughs> I swear I eat that last piece. And every grain of rice, we yeah. we think so carefully about our next meal. Yeah. Um. So this is moving into the last. So the last step in the spiral is. So now, what are some new actions? So you know, we started from the root of gratitude, went through the pain for the world, seeing with new eyes, and now what are the actions? And these are like personal, based on your insights. What are you going to do differently going forth? Remember, this is active hope. So your act, active steps. Is this like post-pandemic or like right now? Right now. And you might already be doing them. Yeah, what I do is um, just breathe and stay present. I do that every day. And I set boundaries. I want to find my find a way to like make myself like continue to be this present. Because... Mm like the whole worrying and all this stuff about the small shit that doesn't matter. Like it sounds like it's such an easy thing to just stop doing, or it sounds like it's not a big deal. Um, but it's kind of insane how powerful those thoughts are for me and like how much they can just take over like anything. Like I have to order a textbook for a class that starts next week and I haven't done it. (laughs) Like I've been talking about it for two weeks And I just want to start being more active, like more like just like. So stop overanalyze, just do it. Just do it. Like who cares? Yeah. It's happening anyway. Why are you still making yourself late and you're not going to get this textbook for next week? Like it's going to be late now because you're just dilly dallying for no reason. So you're going to just. I'm still kind of there. That's why I was like, I'm in the beginning. I was like, I'm still kind of unraveling because I'm not really like. Getting my shit together. Like, you gotta make a choice now based on your yeah. perspectives. What are you gonna do differently? Yeah, like some things have calmed down. Like, I mean, last week I was like, should I even do these courses? Like, or should I just abandon, you know, everything? But um, I think I came around to that, talked myself off that ledge. Well, actually, you talked me off that ledge. And then now it's just like taking that forward. Another would be like, I think because I have so much more time to like pay attention to myself. I think I'm able to be more conscious about what I actually enjoy and what I don't enjoy. Mm. And I think um, before, maybe I was repressing a lot of big things that I knew about myself, but I didn't want to have to deal with the aftermath of them. So I would like avoid them. But now that I'm, I have all the time in the world to actually sit with them, I'm really realizing that I'm still going to be okay. So maybe, yeah, maybe it is just like, ripping the band-aid off of big things in life like like if you can survive this but if you can survive this you can survive anything is Mm -hmm. what I feel like that sentiment inside of me boiling is like if I can survive 2020 COVID-19 pandemic I can survive this 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 and that and Mm -hmm. I'll be fine Mm -hmm. yeah um for me it is um I've been meditating every day and I'm usually on and off meditations so that's one thing I'm going to keep going. That's my small action to continue meditating every day and uh, to enjoy nature every day. So even if I just stop and look at the sunset for a while or stop and listen to the birds mm-hmm. or step outside, go for a walk. Yeah. Because it's always around, but usually I'm in too much of a rush. Yeah, I want to start doing that more too. I think I've been punishing myself and like, mm-hmm. like not going outside because I'm just like 
I don't know why. I'm weird sometimes. I have weird thoughts. But uh, I think another thing I was just thinking about is, like, choosing to be more happy and, like, mm-hmm. choosing to just do things that make you happy, which kind of relates to the the walks thing because, like, I'll just be like, you don't deserve to be happy, so I won't go outside. But anyway, that's dark. I, like, miss it. No, it's, well, it's a choice, yeah, right? Yeah, so, like, choosing yeah. to do it more. Like, I went a week and a half without leaving the house, even for a walk outside. And then we started going yesterday again. Mm-hmm. And then we went again today, and it didn't feel like that much of a chore anymore, like, mm-hmm. to change my clothes and go outside out of my PJs. Um, and then also, another thing that my sister and I have been doing is we play video games. Oh, my God. <laughs> we play, we play, <laughs> just one video game. It's on the Wii. Um, we play uh, Super Mario Brothers, and we've completed the whole thing. We started over again. But just to, like, because before this all happened, me and her would sit and we would talk about how unhappy we were in our own lives. Like, we're both sitting there and our, our catchphrase to each other is, like, we'll come, we'll look at each other and we'll, like, sigh a big sigh and be like, I want to be happy. And, like, now we just go and play on the Wii and we get a little happy. And then she goes down and she studies and I do something else. And then she comes back up when she's ready to be happy again. And we just do that. And it's, like, a choice to, like, it's ten minutes at a time. But, like, it kind of just shifts the mood and, like... It's a stupid video game, but it's it's what's getting us through, kind of. Yeah. Um. So what I'm hearing is it's the simple steps. Yeah. It's like choose to be happy, just go for it. Um. Pause to enjoy nature. Um. And Harpo, you know, rip the bandit off. Be with the big things. Breathe. And it's those little things that will give you get you back to active hope, so that you don't feel helpless in this thing. Because we're all in it together, people. It's mm-hmm. it's happening all around us. My question to you, though, is, okay, fine, you know, so we go through all these steps, but what is it that hope looks like? And what is, how does, how do these four things lead to an activation of hope? Am I supposed to feel hopeful at the end of it? Is it something that I'll actively be able to see within me or how does it work? So that's a really good question because what happens is you just go through the spiral again. So this is not a one-off step, right? So here you are, if someone chooses to be happy and just goes for it and I do my nature thing and you do your breathing and ripping off the band-aid in a week, three days, five days time, because of your actions or your being or your doing, you will be different people. And then you go through the spiral again. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a continual practice of um, reconnecting back to yourself. So this is the other uh, title for this work is how you reconnect back to yourself. And it's like, you know, Mother Earth told us all to go into our homes and reconnect with ourselves first, which we're having to do in the solitude, finding out about ourselves and what moves us and motivates us and brings us down. Mm -hmm. And then through that, reconnect to others, our families or people we feel pain for, and then reconnect to the world around us. Great. Can't wait. Yeah, you sound really enthusiastic no, I'm, I'm sure that it's not a one-off. <laughs> I know. I'm I saw mad. your face. You were so mad. And now you were like, give me the answer. <laughs> yeah, I thought that that's it. I go through those four phases. I get a cookie and I call it life. <laughs> Guess not. Mm. But, that, but you know what? That is life. Whether it's this issue or it's another issue, there's always cycles. I was t- We were talking in our check-in earlier. You were explaining like your site, how you're feeling and like, you keep going up and down. And I was like, that was me last year. Like... There's yeah. always, it's always a cycle, no matter what. And you know what's, what's wonderful about, like, cyclical living is that there's always, it always ends well, right? 
I think that's the most optimistic part about all of this is that it always mm-hmm. ends well, no matter what you might. And in, in the middle of it, in the thick of it, it seems really dark and uh, yeah. isolating and lonely. But it always gets better. <laughs>